Welcome to the Worship Place podcast. We are thankful we can worship with you and pray this message blesses your day. We look forward to seeing you in person next service. Why don't we stand together? We're going to read from the word of the Lord from Isaiah chapter number 49. I'm going to read verses 14 through 17 and then verses 20 through 21. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me and the and my Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. Turn to somebody and say, you're unforgettable. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Your sons shall make haste. Your destroyers and those who have laid you waste shall go away from you. Verse number 20, the children you will have after you have lost the others will say again in your ears, the place is too small for me. Give me a place where I may dwell. Then you will say in your heart, who has begotten these for me since I have lost my children and am desolate, a captive and wandering to and fro? And who has brought these up? There I was left alone but these, where were they? Verse 16 says, I have inscribed you on, everybody say on, on the palms of my hands. I preach to you from the subject, on the palms of his hands. Precious God, we thank you for the power of your spirit. We pray that the hand of the Lord would rest mightily upon us today. Speak a word. Give a word, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shake hands with somebody. Smile at them and you may be seated. Praise God. There's a book, I don't remember the author's name. But the book is entitled, A Show of Hands. And the premise of the book is that the author says, oftentimes when we look at people's faces, we can jump to conclusions and we can assume things that may or may not be true at all. But this author said, but if you look at a person's hands, especially if they are hands that are engaged in the work that constitutes the livelihood of a person, those hands are not understood. They speak volumes. 
And so it's a book of pictures of people's hands. The first set of hands is the hands of the author's own grandmother. And the uh, best way to describe them is they're the hands of an old person. An old person who has grown accustomed to placing their weight upon the cane that they need in order to get where they go. They're arthritic hands. And so they kind of resemble the roots of a, of a tr- of sort of like an upside-down tree. You have a cane, then you have hands. And these are the hands that have learned, despite the pain and the discomfort, to rely upon the cane to support her in her old age so she can get to where she needs to go. The next set of hands, the author calls sausage hands. (laughs) These are the hands of a lobster fisherman. They're briny, they're salty, they're callous, they're grooved. Then there's miner's hands and archer's hands. And a horse trainer's hand is placed gently across the snout of a horse. So the horse trainer says, not only are verbal commands necessary when you're dealing with training a horse, but touch is a language that horses understand. And in order to get them to perform the tasks, oftentimes they need that reassuring touch. And there's a stonemason's hands and a quote from the stonemason. It's like having your hands sanded each day, and this happened to be a woman. But you have to feel the stones as you work with them, and so gloves will never do. She said, you pick up a rock, and you feel of it. And almost instinctively, you know where to place the stone because of the way that it feels. After I got in church, I tried confessing some of my sins to my mama. Finally, she said, stop! I don't want to hear anymore! And then she confessed something to me. She said, one time I went to a palm reader, and I asked about my sons. And she said, the palm reader looked at my hand and said, that second son of yours... Now, I was six years old at this time. Now I'm in the church, and I got a call to preach on my life. And if you ever believe, and I never, you know, actually, this is the first time the devil ever gave me any encouragement. (laughs) She said, the palm reader said, I saw that second son of yours, and his mouth was doing this. I don't know if he was a politician or a preacher. Well, we know now, what, what you, you can't be both. <laughs> and so I'm not here to advertise for the enemy. I'm just here to tell you, sometimes the devil can see things in your destiny that you can't. And that's why he fights so hard to make you believe that you've slipped out of God's hands. Because if he can get you to feel like that you've been abandoned and forgotten... And forsaken, you'll do your own self in. He doesn't even have to work on you. But the Lord said in the first verse of that chapter, listen up, everybody. Can a mother forget 
Her suckling child? No. But even if she could, I can never forget you because you are written on the palms of my hands. Engraved is the word on the palms of my hands. Now, there are self-inscribed followers of Jesus. Isaiah 44, 5 says, this one will say, I am the Lord's. That one will call on the name of Jacob. And another will write on his hand, belonging to the Lord, and will name Israel's name with honor. There's a lot of people that want to write themselves into the book. And I hope and pray that everybody that's under the sound of my voice is in the Lamb's book of life. But I'm going to tell you that you can't write yourself in. It has to be inscribed by the hand of the almighty God. Praise God. So be, beware of those self-inscribed uh, followers. And also beware of self-effacing quitters. There are people that would like to erase themselves from the Lamb's book of life. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. Can I tell you this? You're never out of God's reach. I don't care how far you've drifted. I don't care how low you feel. I don't care how terribly, amen, your battle, how terrible your battle is, amen, you're never out of God's reach and you're never out of God's mind. Praise God. But God says, watch this, God says, he doesn't say you're in his hand. He says you are engraved on his hands. Now in, old, in, 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 in olden times, like the times of the Bible, Servants would write the names of their owners on their body, on their hands, or they would make a mark like the love slave would in its ear, in their ear, to publicly declare that they belong to this individual. But notice this. It is now the master who is writing the name of the servant on the palms of his hands. It is God doing the absolute reverse of what man had been doing for centuries. So we're not just in his hands, we're on. Everybody say on. I looked at the word on, on your hands. In the dictionary it says, if you have a person on your hands, you are responsible for caring for them or dealing with them, especially when things are difficult and demanding. Let me give you an example. When Putin decided to attack Ukraine and the free nations of the world started supplying uh, weapons, the United States and other European nations and surrounding nations have Putin on our hands. Hmm? When Judas decided to betray Jesus and he took the 30 pieces of silver, he had Jesus, the blood of Jesus, on his hands. Let me say it again. If you have a person on your hands, you are responsible for caring for them and dealing with them, especially when times are difficult 
or demanding. God has you, not in his hands, on his hands. So there isn't any fire that you have to go through that God won't go through it with you. There isn't any trouble that you face that God will not face it with you. There is no setback or disappointment or demon that looms so large that God is not there to back you up when times are tough. You're not just in his hands. You're, you're on. He's got you. He's got you on his hands. I've never felt so secure in all of my life to know that God has us on his hands. So there are people that would love to, and I've seen them, it's almost as if they write their commitment to God in invisible ink. It's here one day and it's gone the next. Not so with the Lord. He engraved you on the palms. The oldest surviving records of civilized man are things scratched into cave walls, into the surface of boulders and stones and rocks. Because if you want your words to survive the test of time, you chisel it into a rock. Likewise, if you want to be remembered for all of time, you get yourself chiseled into the palms of the rock of ages. He said, I will never forget somebody who feels like God has forgotten you or forgotten your circumstance or is immune to your pain. I want you to know something. You are more likely to forget what you're going through than God is able to forget what you're going through because you have been engraved in the palms of the rock of ages. And when something's in the palm of the rock of ages, it lasts for all of time. Praise God. E. Stanley Jones put it this way. Isaiah 49 and 16 says, Behold, I have graven you on the palms of my hands. We are not chalked on God's hands, nor painted on God's hands. We are graven on God's hands. Because if we were chalked or painted on God's hands, he could easily wash his hands of us. But because we're graven in his hands, he just can't. Look, Pilate was able to wash his hands of Jesus, but Jesus cannot wash his hands of you. I said, Jesus cannot wash his hands of you. You are in and on his hands to stay. Your problems are on his hands. Your children are on his hands. Your destiny is on his hands. Your circumstances are on his hands. Your pain are on his hands. Uh, come on, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Go ahead, let God take your trouble on his hands. I have inscribed, watch this, not your name. I think I'm the only Glenn in this church today. Am I? Anyone else? 
But there's probably a few Jims, a few Johns, a few, you know, Marys. So this is not him inscribing your name on his hands. He's inscribed you. Not just your name, your likeness. Not just your history. He's inscribed your destiny. Not just your person, your personality. Not just your weaknesses, your potential. Not just you, but those who follow after you. For it is to you and your children, to them that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. It's not just the facts. It's your dreams are in his hands, praise God. It's not just your joys, it's your fears, it's your hopes, it's your sorrows, it's your tears, it's your questions. Oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. He put you, I said he put you in his hand. Thank you, Jesus. In 1875, I read about a clergyman who took a bad fall, broke both of his knees, and he was experiencing numbness, and he was having a hard time recovering, and he was having difficulty getting around, and he had this deep-seated fear inside of him that the numbness would get worse, and eventually he would be paralyzed and wouldn't be able to walk at all. So he was invited to some fancy town dinner, and he was seated there, and the fear cropped up in him about his legs, and he started tapping and pinching, and finally he said, that's it. It's finally happened. My legs have gone numb. I'll never walk again. The woman next to him said, how do you know your legs have gone numb and you never walk again? She said, I've been pinching them and poking them all evening. I can't feel a thing. She said, that's my leg you've been pinching and poking. <laughs> Don't give up on you before God gives up on you. He knows where you hurt. He knows what you fear. He knows how the enemy challenges you. Your trouble are on his hands. Hallelujah. Oh, lift your hands right now. Lift your hands and let God put your fears and worries and care. Cast my care. Cast my, cast your care upon me because I care for you. Oh, Holy Ghost, let the Spirit of God touch you right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Fear is a spirit. Fear is not given by God. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. Fear is a present the devil gave you from hell. Return it to the sender now. I don't accept fear. I don't take fear. I don't receive fear. Fear doesn't come from God. Fear comes from the spirit of hell. I send it back. Return to sender. Return to hell. Go back to the pit from where you came. Hallelujah in the name of Jesus. So you get inscribed. You get etched on the hands of God. When you so prevail in your relationship with him that he literally 
can't forget you. Job, Job so marked God by his character that the Lord said to the devil, have you considered my servant Job? How that there's nobody like him. Not in all the world. Abraham so moved God by his ability to have faith who against hope believed in hope. And even though God promised him a son that was so long and delayed in coming that when finally the son came, God demanded him back. And Abraham was willing, the Bible says, to believe that God could raise Isaac from the dead. But the angel stayed his hand. And David so marked God by his pure perhaps even sometimes childlike, unmitigated worship, undignified worship, totally abandoned to worship. His wife couldn't hinder his worship. His friends couldn't hinder his worship. His responsibilities couldn't hinder his worship. So this is what the Holy Ghost wants me to say. Satan wants to use the things that you can never be and can never do to cause you to count yourself out of his hands. So you can't be perfect like Job. Can you believe like Abraham? Abraham was far from perfect, but he touched God with his faith. So I'm up and down, I'm hot and cold, I'm in and out. I believe in doubt, I fear and worry. I can't even believe. Okay, so you can't believe like Abraham. Can you worship like David? Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, there's something you can do that can so put a mark on God that God will never be able to forget you. Do it. If it's giving, give. If it's worship, worship. If it's living, live it. If it's prayer, pray. Oh my God, in the name of Jesus, do it. Do it. And so scripture says that this same woman, I'm going to close. Israel. Now, if you read Bible commentators, some of them call themselves so conservative that this is only talking about the Jews and nobody else. Let me say this about the Bible. Anything that's said about Israel is said uh, prophetically, typologically about the church as well. But she said, I've been forsaken. I've been abandoned. My children have been scattered. What is this talking about? Well, it's talking about the captivity of Israel, taken captive by the Babylonians, carted into a strange land, scattered uh, to the four winds, as it were. And then the Spirit of the Lord says, "Your verse number 49 and 17, your sons shall make haste. Your destroyers and those who laid you waste. Your builders were going to hurry to you. 
your destroyers are going to run away from you. God said, because you're on the palms of my hands, I don't care where you are, I'm there. And I don't care how far you've scattered yourself, I can bring you back. And then she, he says in verse 21, you will say in your heart, who has begotten all of these for me? Since I have been bereaved of my children and am barren and exile and a wanderer. And who reared these? Notice, who begot them? Who reared them? They were born and they were bred somewhere. And now they've come back to me. Where did all these come from? Behold, I was left alone. From whence did these come? God, how did this happen? The Lord's saying, just because you can't see it with your eyes doesn't mean it's not happening across the distant horizon. God had a generation that would return that were born and bred in Babylon. Which reminds me of the story of bear rabbit and bear fox, you know. Bear rabbit was cantankerous, provocative, whimsical. And the fox was calculating intelligent and hungry and so the rabbit tricked the fox one too many times so the fox made up some straw some turpentine some tar and made a tar baby you know put it in the middle of the road and so the rabbit encountered the tar baby and spoke to it and the tar baby didn't speak back Rabbit tipped his hat. Tar baby didn't tip his hat back. Rabbit got offended. Said, who do you think you are? Are you stuck up or something? Well, not necessarily stuck up, but stinky for sure. Rabbit said, if you don't greet me, I'm going to punch you. Pow! Fist stuck. Let go. Let go. Oh, yeah? I'll punch you again. Pow! Fist stuck. Okay, time for some karate kicks. Pow! Feet stuck. All right, a headbutt. Head stuck. Then come the old fox out of the woods, laughing and grimacing and happy as a lark. <laughs> you're going to be my guest for dinner tonight. Matter of fact, you're going to be my dinner tonight. Because when I take you loose from this tar, baby, I'm going to cook you. Matter of fact, I'm going to roast you on a fire. And the rabbit said, make the fire hot, hot as you can possibly stand. Cook me to a crisp, but don't throw me in that briar patch over there. The fox said, you know, it's too hot for a fire. I think I'm going to hang you from a tree. And the rabbit said, pick the highest limb from the tallest tree and hang me and let me dangle there till the sun sets. But don't you dare toss me in that briar patch. Fox said, I don't have a rope. I think I'm going to drown you in the river. Drown me. Hold me down. Take me deep. Don't let me up. But whatever you do, don't put me in that briar patch. 
you know, the water's too far away. I think I'm going to skin you. Skin me. Start at my feet, pull my skin over my eyes. I don't care. But don't put me in that briar path. You know, finally the fuck said, hmm, he don't like that briar path. I think, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put you in the briar path. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Yes, yes, yes. Threw him in there. Heard a little scream, a little commotion. Next thing you know, rabbit springs up, head above the thorns. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. The fox said, hey, what's up with you? I thought you, did, you were afraid of the briar patch. He said, me? I was born and bred in the briar patch, buddy. You just set me free. Now, let me tell you this. Whence cometh all of these? They were born and bred bread in Babel. Let me say this. At a, this is not the, I'm, I'm going to tell you, there is a revival coming to our world that's been generated in the furnaces of pagan lands. We're trying to make a climate so comfortable that nobody will be offended. But my, my Lord spoke to me and said, they're going to come out of the places where they sacrifice themselves to idols and to demons and to degrees of commitment to sin that you can't even imagine. And the last thing they want when they come into the kingdom of God is to be pampered and coddled and petted. They want somebody somewhere who's got a mind made up because they were born and bred amen in sin but I'm dealing with them and when they come they're going to come looking for a people called by my name filled with my spirit passionate about the things of God hungry for revival and commitment don't slow them down but let them come let them pray let them break through because that's your future oh my God I want us to stand right now I want, I'm telling you, there are. There's a generation out there. You talk about commitment. These people have sacrificed themselves to idols out yonder. And then they come through these doors. They're going to be ready to sacrifice their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. We got to let them in. We got to let them go. We got to pat them on the back. We got to say, come on, let's go for it. Let's pray together. Let's worship together. Let's seek a face of God together. Let's have a move of revival together. Hallelujah. You see, when God, watch this, and I'm going to close with this. When God has you on his hands, he gives you yours into your hands. Where did all these come from? I thought I was childless. I thought I was barren. I thought there was no hope for me. Well, that's what you thought. But I engraved you on the palm of my hand. And when I put you on my hands, I put yours back into your hands. And so I want to say this to somebody here today. Come and get it. Come. Come and get, come and get the promise. Come and get the blessing. Come and get the miracle. These altars are open. Would you come? Do you need? Do you need? Has something been stolen from you? Come and get it.